welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. We are so happy that you have joined us today. We know that you are going to get so much out of this particular podcast. I'm Laura Forehand, Platinum Certified Whole Brain Teaching Instructor. I teach second grade in Northwest Missouri, and this will actually be my seventh year using Whole Brain Teaching. And Rhonda, it just seems like forever since we've recorded a podcast together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've I've missed this. I've missed uh, doing this with you uh, throughout the summer, but I'm excited to be doing this again and with our wonderful guests. But first, Rhonda, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Yes, it's great to be back. Um, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this podcast today. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I'm a second grade teacher in Goddard, Kansas. Um, I'm an advanced platinum certified instructor as well, and also assistant director of certification that we work on. I want to plug that in as well. We've had a lot of people um, doing bronze certification, and I know school's starting, but we'd love to see your names pop up on our email. Yeah. So who do we have today, Rhonda? Well, today we are so excited to have Nancy Stoltenberg, our, our one of our besties, yeah. our mentor, back with us on this podcast. Nancy was on episode 30, where she joined us to talk about Whole Brain Teaching Certification. So if you haven't checked that one out, please do so. Welcome back to the podcast, Nancy. Hi, Rhonda and Lauren. So glad to be here. We are glad that you are here too. And we are happy to have you back with us to talk about a topic that I think is going to be so helpful and so beneficial to so many newcomers to whole brain teaching. But I also want to say that this is always a good refresher for me at the beginning of every school year. Um, We want to pick your brain about how to get started with whole brain teaching in the first minute, the first hour, and the first day of our of our year this year. So before we discuss what to implement, um, can we talk a little bit about what some of the must-haves are for our classroom, like even before students arrive on that first day? So if I'm a newbie to whole brain teaching, what would you say are some of the must-haves that I need to have ready to go for that very first day of school? Okay, so um, those are that's a great question, because when you first walk into your classroom, at least for me, it's stripped down. It's like rethinking, how am I going to lay this out? And if this is your first year to start whole brain teaching, you have to evaluate what is now going to be more prominent in your room that you didn't have to think about last year. So what am I going to do to make this a whole brain Um, teaching model classroom, which is our ultimate goal for all of you. So in your classroom and thinking of preparing what to run off, 
Um, you're going to be looking at um, downloading the rules, and we have new ones. All right, so we have new ones. The rules haven't changed, but the graphic has changed. Mm -hmm. And so there are rules on our TPT site, our official store to download, to put up in your classroom. So those are going to be prominent. And there are five rules plus a diamond rule. So don't put them in the back of your room. Put them where they can see them. They're important. They're not just going to be um, introduced to practice for that first week. They're all year long. So they yeah. want to be prominent. And so depending on your space, it's going to determine how large you make them. So it's going to be up to you the size you make them. So you want your rules. The next thing that you want to do is you want to have placement of the virtues. And we have five virtues um, with gestures. And again, decide where you're going to put them. Um, and those are on the website and then to be downloaded. But the virtues are going to be brought into your classroom um, within a certain, pretty, pretty soon after you get going. Not the first day, not the first week, but they're going to start showing up. So you want to have those ready to go. Um, super improver. If you have, if you're ready to go for it, I'm really going to push super improver. Again, the super improver is got to be prominent in your classroom. Look at your space. It looks like a giant display in some classrooms because they may have room to make a giant display. But if you don't, if you don't, you can still do this and you can put it on a covered door. You can put it, but keep it close to the front because it is the most powerfully positive tool that you are going to find in your classroom for um, engaging all of your students and um, actually building a stronger team, which is our goal in our classroom. So that super improver um, is a, a big a big tool that you want to have up there. Um, the next one that you want that you're going to be using pretty quickly, I introduced brainies the first day of schooling. You're going, what's a brainy? These are gestures that are used for teaching um, mechanics, uh, for writing, for um, critical thinking, um, for a safe environment in our classroom. Those are likely you're still cool. Help me, please. Um, so you're going to want to have a poster of those ready to go. And then you'll gradually introduce those. Um, we actually have a poster for all the, um, the gestures for, um, the cycle. Mm -hmm. So, and for the rules. So you're going to have your rules, but we also have a cycle poster and a rules poster with just gestures. So students learn what's the gesture for follow directions quickly and, um, raise your hand for permission to speak. So look for that on our, our store. Okay. So that's quite a few things right there. And you're going, okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. I want you to leave space for something that's huge right now. And I know um, you all you both have these in your classroom and that's the Alpha Hawk wall. Mm -hmm. And an Alpha Hawk is someone that lives for others. Um, it's an amazing tool. And so it's something you're going to be introducing in your classroom pretty quickly. And it's explained on the website. There's even a video about it and a parent letter that goes home. So you want to have a space for that. Um, and so watch for pictures that people are, are posting currently on the Facebook groups. You want to see what all this is starting to look like. I highly recommend 
Join the Facebook groups, and I'm talking across the grade levels. If you're middle school, there's pictures going up. If you're kindergarten, there's pictures going up. People are starting to come back into their classrooms. So watch for those to get ideas. So that's basically getting started, getting your environment set up. Is there more? Yes, but I think that if you're new and you're starting with these, um, you've got some pretty good bases that you just covered um, right there. Yeah, so that's where I go initially with this. Okay. okay, sounds good. Okay, well, talk to us a little bit. Okay, we've got stuff now up on our walls, ready to go. What about how to set up the desks in our classroom? Is there any certain way that it should be set up with desks for homebrew teaching? Okay, so um, I'm going to back up before I answer that question because mm -hmm. one piece I forgot is in Wonder Word gestures. So. Sorry about that. Tell me I'm still cool. But there are posters for the Wonder Word gestures. And if you don't know what that is, um, go on our website. It's all explained there. But you're going to want to start looking at getting that ready. So um, to your point, Rhonda, as far as classroom arrangement, that's going to depend on your what you have. But if you are, um, if your classroom is in, that's of desks, or if they're in rows, or if it's freestyling, you're going to have to decide how you are going to have them placed. What's different about whole brain teaching, using our cycle, when we get to the critical thinking, the collaborative learning, um, and that teach okay piece, you want to have the seating so that it's easy for students to turn and teach someone. Mm -hmm. So if you are using um, desks, then your desk should be, I like to have mine, two desks close together. Now I know it's COVID time, so that would be adjusted, but two desks. We don't recommend having more than three students in a group and um, for good reasons, and that's explained on the website why. So if you have um, two, they, they can turn and teach each other pretty quickly. Um, if you have tables and you decide how you're going to do the partners um, in that regard. And then if you are, um, in, what's great about this is the cycle works no matter what your desk arrangement is. And mm -hmm. I'd love to know how you did it last year, Rhonda, with your um, situation, because I know you were in person and, and Laura was in person. So for all of those who are listening and who might have been virtual last year, these two ladies did teach in person. So what were some things that you did to help facilitate that collaborative learning? Well, last year we had to be six feet apart. So the desks were spread apart. So it was kind of discouraged them, for them to do things together. So I bought mirrors and put a mirror on the side of their desk and they taught their mirror instead of doing a teaching partner. And then, I mean, I was just missing that partner work. So we would stand up, take a step in where we were still distanced, and then we would have them teach their teaching partner towards the end of the year. Now, this year, you know, we are in person again. The restrictions are a little bit less. I do have them paired up. I do that have them in the rows like I traditionally did. So I'm hoping that we can, you know, keep it that way and I don't have to make the adjustments. Laura, how about you? How did you do it? Yeah, same. So I had 18 students, so I could not get them six feet apart, but we were three feet apart. 
Um, and like you said, Rhonda, they would just stand up at their desks, take one step in, um, and they would just co collaborate that way. They would just teach mm -hmm. each other that way. And to switch partners, they would do an air high five switch right. instead of actually touching their partner's hand. So, um, which is part of the beauty of whole brain teaching is it's so accommodating to a lot of these situations. Now, like you, Rhonda, um, we are, we can put desks together. So I do have them in, in partner pairs. So, um, but I think I'm getting a new kiddo. So I'll have like one group of three, but um, yeah, that's how we're, we're going to be doing that this year. So yeah. We were told that we might have to have them in groups, but I think I've convinced my rationale enough that they're keeping, let me do pairs in rows. So cross our fingers. I'm hoping that that stands. So. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, so this particular episode is we're dealing with the first minute, the first hour, the first day. So let's talk about the first minute on that first day when students first arrive at your classroom. So what can we do in that first minute? What do we need to do to kind of usher them into our classrooms in that first minute? Okay, so that's, that's a great question. I think I need to um, probably clarify the first minute of the day. The first minute is the day is the first day that you start whole brain teaching. Okay. So if your situation is such that it's impossible um, or you do feel comfortable starting that very first day that, because you've never done it before, your first minute may not be the first day and it may not be the first minute of the day um, so it's going to be whenever you do start. So let's say you're ready to go and it is the first day of school. Um, I was able to meet my students in the hallway mm -hmm. and start teaching them class yes right there. And But you may not be able to. You may be um, having an activity. You may, you know, every school site's different on how the first day looks. So adjust it. And um, that may be all that you get done that first day is teaching class yes. Um, it depends. For me, I was able to go a little bit quicker in mm -hmm. introducing um, whole brain teaching, but as we have, keep hearing, baby step it. And Andrea Schindler is famous for her quote, you gotta go slow to go fast. And so your first minute is gonna be determined by your um, your comfort level and your confidence in yourself. But I'm going to say this, I just say, go for it. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the reaction of just the class. Yes. Without mm -hmm. even starting, you're going to go say, okay, this is already working. And that's going to motivate you to try the next step. So for me, the first minute um, of whole brain teaching is teaching class. Yes. And going through the steps of that. And there is a video on how to introduce it on our website without going into more detail, but you can see um, how to teach it, what the expectations um, that you want from your students to make that class yes um, powerful. Will you be using class yes a lot? Oh, yes, you will. It happens all day long. Mm -hmm. And the video that's there on our website explains how to bring variety into it, how to bring fun. Your first minute of whole brain teaching is teaching the class yes. So that's where I start. 
And we also, Ron and I had did two podcasts on um, the teachings. Well, actually we did several podcasts on, I guess, four or five on the teaching cycle. So um, it's one of our very first episodes. So go back and listen to that. It's entitled um, Attention Getter, I believe. So you can check that out too, as well as checking out the Facebook page and the website to get more information about that. And I'm glad you mentioned that about um, everybody's first minute looks different because I'm a PBIS school. And so we have what's called a boot camp. And so this is like our third year. So like the very first year, we immediately took students to this boot camp to teach them all about the different PBIS expectations and things like that. And this year we're still doing that. It won't be first thing in the morning, but you know, I don't know what part of my schedule it will be in. And so knowing that you have that flexibility and I love how you said when you're ready to start. So if you're not ready to start with whole brain teaching on that very first day, you know, your first minute, maybe the second day or the third day or the second week of school. But I'm going to echo you, Nancy, and say, you know, go for it because you will not be you will not be sorry, especially with that class. Yes. Yeah, so getting that started is so, so important. So, yeah. Right. And I mean, on my schedule last year, we had specials first thing. Right. So class just came after they came back from their specials because I could just didn't have the time to fit it in. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to work with your schedule. Yeah, exactly. One thing I was going to add to your comment, Laura, in reference to the podcast, mm-hmm. um, if you, for those of you who have not been to the website recently, there's a lot of updates going on, but one of the greatest updates that's happened is that each of their podcasts that Laura and Rhonda have done have actually been added in across the website. So if you're looking for the attention getter, the class, yes, on the basics, um, they're all listed there. So when you go down through there, you'll see these pops of podcasts and they're a great, um, they're a great resource to listen to as you're working, um, cutting out all that laminating material that you've done. Um, But it's also a great way to go back and review. So, you know, I don't remember so go back and listen to those. But um, that has definitely been uh, an amazing resource. It's been added to our website. Yeah, it was a great addition. Super cool. I was excited to see that. Sarah did a great Very job. Very much so. We did that. Yeah. All right. So we've got our students in the classroom. We've got their attention with Class Yes. How can we start implementing those all important classroom expectations in the first hour that we have decided okay. to do whole brain teaching? Exactly. So you're ready to go. You've done the class. Yes. Um, we've had a, a, a huge focus this past year and moving forward is on contagious kindness. And so part of that starts the first day right away as soon as possible. And that's bringing in our manners um, for character education. So those manners get brought in. You say class. They say yes. You say Thank you with your hands across your heart and your students learn to say you're welcome. You're going to have to model this. You're going to have to show them different scenarios when um, when this happens, what your expectations are. But you've got the class yes now. And when you introduce those manners and you set an environment of respect 
what a way to get your school year started without even doing any other whole grade teaching. You've got an attention getter and you've got your care dread um, streaming through. And what you're doing with that, thank you, you're welcome. You will quickly find it does not stay within your four walls. It is flowing out into the hallways, onto the playground, and eventually it reaches their homes. Mm. And um, so the class, yes, and the manners um, are the first two um, biggies on that getting started list. Awesome. Yeah, so um, as far as any other expectations, I mean, do we, like, what else can you suggest that we start? Well, for me, um, I don't care how many years you've been teaching, and I'm going to you know, first-year teachers, this huge um, procedures. I mean, you're going to start teaching procedures the very first day. I mean, they have to learn how to get to lunch. They have to learn how to get their lunch boxes out of their, however they do it. There are procedures you want in your classroom. And so to help with that, um, that first hour I teach rule one, follow directions quickly. And we, um, we practice that and you will be rehearsing that rule all year. But part of rule one, follow directions quickly is powered up by what we call a three peat. Okay. So for me, I started teaching them with very simple, how to stand up, how to sit down, how to line up, how to, um, anything that you could do a quick, that was that was taught. So for me, the first three were bodies up out of their seats, bodies up, bodies up, bodies up. Um, they were taught how to seat, sit down. They were standing in their seat, 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 seat. And then we taught how to line up because mm-hmm. everyone wants to get to lunch in time. I did not teach how to line up when it was time for lunch or when it was time for recess. Mm-hmm. I taught it when it was quiet and it was the only objective I had at that moment was to teach them. Um, how to line up. So however you order the three-piece, you're teaching rule one and you're teaching a three-peat. And the three-peat is any short command that you want them done, doing quickly. Because it wastes a lot of time and you say, all right, boys and girls, I'd really like you to stand up and line up at the door now and now we have to do this quietly. No, this quickly becomes bodies up, mine, 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 mine. That's how fast you're going. And there are games on our website that show you how to polish it, not only introduce it, but how to polish it and make it work all year long. That you'll quickly find that um, the three peats are meant for everything from getting up to lining up to getting a pencil out to getting a book out to putting a backpack away. You think of any procedure you want to teach the three people cover it. So go to the website, look at the information there, and you'll go through the details on that. It's also included in the quick start guides that first um, that we have in our store is WBT quick start guide, and the kindergarten has a quick start guide that both of those are available. So that should help. It's not updated with the newest and greatest stuff that coaches come up with. But I think it is a very good resource that you can adjust until we get that updated. Would you agree, Nancy? Yeah. So right now, um, the update involves changing out some of the graphics for the pictures um, because we've had a change in those. We're um, adding the Wonder Words in, um, but you don't have to wait for the Quick Start Guide to be updated. Those are on our, our TPT store. 
Um, but all of that will be updated. The other thing we'll be doing is updating some of the picture, classroom pictures because people like to see what does this look like. So like I said, check the Facebook groups and then we'll be adding um, teacher um, photos into the Quick Start Guide too so that um, you can also find resources that way. Yeah. That's and good. I, yeah. And I think that Quick Start Guide, it, it gives you the basics of kind of what we're talking about here. So it's, I think it's still an amazing resource. Um, I'm glad you talked about procedures and that first, um, you know, that first, the first minutes of your day, because I think that's really, or the first hours of your day, really, because I think that's so important to really set up that classroom structure right, a, right away. So what will the rest of our first day, what will that look like? Okay, depending on how quickly you are feeling comfortable, it's going to depend on what your first day looks like and your second day and so forth. But if you are, if you're moving right along and you feel like they're ready to go, will there, will it look a little rough on the edges initially? Yes, it's brand new to them and it'll look a little even edgier like it did for me when I first started because I had not done it before. So it wasn't automatic for me either. But so once I have that class, yes, the manners done and I've taught rule one and I've rehearsed it, practiced it, what are my expectations? Because don't expect students to know your expectations. Mm-hmm. You're not the same teacher they had last year, most likely. And so when you teach a rule or you teach a procedure, you're going to have to practice it and model it so that they know what is your expectation, how high are you going to keep that bar? Mm-hmm. So once I've gotten through that, my next step, I want to get them engaged in whatever I'm teaching. So I teach mere words. I teach the brain engager. And I teach them how to um, mirror my gestures and how to echo my words. And so that's my next piece. So that, to me, um, brought engagement up really fast among students. Um, you have to put their hands up and gesture as they echo and echo me. Now their fingers aren't on those new pair of scissors. They're not um, poking their neighbors. Well, obviously, if we have spacing, that won't happen as well. But the idea is that those hands are now moving. Mm-hmm. The body's getting to move, but all for positive reasons. And the misbehavior that you're expecting will go down greatly um, because of the your words and that engagement. So I bring that in pretty fast. Um, I have an older video. It's called a second grade classroom tour. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are things in there that um, have not been added because it was done a while ago. But if you want to see how to introduce your words, or you want to see how to introduce and scaffold teach okay into your routine, or how to learn how to do a three-peat, Um, That's in that video, and that video link is in the Quick Start Guide. So um, that's another resource if you want to see it actually done and how to introduce it into your classroom. But like I said, our website right now is packed with um, details under each of those categories, so take advantage of that. So I like how you um, mentioned about keeping expectations high. Um, I think Rhonda and I talked about this in um, one of our podcasts, and we talked about it during the national conference. And I know during those one hour, um, when we did the whole brain teaching cycle, how we talked about, you know, not 
when you call class and your students say, yes, you know, make sure they're meeting those three expectations, which is, you know, stop what you're doing, look at the teacher and super glue your hands. And I think that goes with a lot of things as you're setting up that first day and those expectations. Would you agree that we need to make sure that, you know, don't go, don't go on um, until your students are, the majority of your students, if you don't want to wait for all of them, but the majority of your students are um, adhering to the expectations that, that you expect in your classroom. Um, that's perfectly sad because initially you won't have a hundred percent response to a class. Yes. Um, you will have students that are timid and don't respond out loud. Um, so you're watching for cues, but you continue to maintain a high bar. So that means I'm working in another rule rehearsal. I'm working in another um, wrong way, right way practice of a procedure that I want to do. I, I'm going to say this, everyone is eager to get the curriculum started and your school will have mandates on that, mm -hmm. but you've got to have a solid foundation in your procedures and the expectation, and you can't do that if you don't practice them and um, get started with that first. And if you don't maintain that by practicing every day, and one of the comments that is in the quick start is the first minute, first hour, first week. And it'll say right on there, what do I do for the rest of the week? And it says practice, practice, practice. And so that's what you're going to be doing. So any of these pieces that we're talking about right now, you're actually going to be using um, focus words on your daily schedule. So let's say that you're now at the point where you're at math. So you're in that period of math time. So put a focus on it right there on the schedule, put down near words, maybe near words is going to be a cue to you that you need to remember to use near words with them more and get them more engaged because you've just been talking too much. So put the near words up there, not just for the students to have a focus, but for you as well. Um, put um, the rule one, add it next to uh, reading. We're going to be following directions quickly as we turn our pages or as we get our books out, as we respond to um, the teacher. So we give a focus um, on that schedule. So once you kind of have a daily schedule going, um, start popping in keywords to focus on during that particular. And you'll see that um, focus on a goal start to happen through um, your use of the super improver, your use of the scoreboard, um, and in your lessons itself. So. That's just one way to help you get started to say, oh my goodness, I need to focus on follow directions quickly. So on rule one, or I need to focus on that um, using manners right now. We haven't been using manners. Enough. Let's make that a focus during that particular instructional time. So yes, Laura, you'll have to keep the bar high. And in order to do that, um, we have to rehearse a lot. And that time you spend on rehearsal is not wasted time. Does it maybe slow you down where you wanted to be in that um, book you were given, that, that timeline? It might, but this is so valuable. And when you set up your procedures and your expectations and you stay with them, you know, there's flexibility, but don't make them guess every day if you're going to make them um, reach that bar level or if you're just like, oh, that's okay. That was pretty good. You know, we want it good. 
Right. We want the bar high and we're going to practice till we get there. And if we have students who are having a difficult time, we'll rehearse. We don't scold. We'll rehearse. And it may take some one-on-one -on -one or small group practice. But um, they come together. And our rule this year, let's start last year, rule five, make our dear team stronger, is a big rule. Mm -hmm. And students will learn to understand that each of our roles works together to make our dinner team stronger. And our students understand what it means to be on a team, whether they're personally on a team or they have a favorite team they watch on TV. They'll understand what makes that team stronger. And you, your schedule of rehearsing, keeping the bar high, modeling, that's all part of that team building. You're the coach. What are you going to do to help that, those team players um, make that team stronger each day? And it does get stronger. And that, that um, feeling of feeling safe in that classroom, ability to make mistakes, um, to try again, um, those are all crucial in this. But establish that as soon as you can because it's really going to make any curriculum you start to bring into your instruction um, that much better, um, that much um, more, more useful in the sense that students have the ability to remember and reuse and um, explain it to others. So that sounds kind of wordy, but you're, all, you're both experienced teachers and those listening in know that if you don't have procedures, you have chaos. Amen. And chaos does Amen. not support curriculum. And you can, um, you can have every degree there is out there, but you need to be able to manage the classroom in order to use that beautiful instruction and, um, that you've brought with you to that classroom. So get those procedures going. And I love how you said the visual schedule next to your schedule. So that's something new I learned today. <laughs> so I always take something new. <laughs> You've mentioned practicing these procedures. So is scoreboard something that we would throw in, you know, during this day too, to reinforce those procedures so that we are practicing and doing? Okay, so that for the first time you bring it in, it's going to be very simple. Um, and you can read about this more. But for me, um, I brought the scoreboard in pretty quickly. Um, but look at it and see if that's something that you want to do. And one thing that I know you have, I'm pretty sure you have a podcast on this, but when you read about the scoreboard, the first thing you're going to learn, it is not a, a tool that is um, set up to shame anyone, to critique anyone. It's a way to polish your classroom. And so when you're polishing your procedures and you're polishing your expectations, the scoreboard is a great tool to have ready to use. And in whole brain teaching, all of our tools are games and there's um, certain rewards built into them. And so that's, that's the fun part. And um, what you'll find is kids working harder to support one another to um, make that scoreboard um, be a winning game. For them for the whole class so yes i do bring the scoreboard in pretty quick because it's a way to um, set expectations and to polish them um but it's never meant um as an individual um critique it's only meant as a positive um support so read more about that on the website i can speak highly of that 
We've kind of focused me on this first minute, this first hour, this first day for elementary. What does middle school, high school, or like if you teach music or science or PE or something, those special areas, what does it look like for them? Are there differences or is it about the same? Um, you're going to see um, a lot faster. You're just going to see interjection um, of any of this a little bit faster, um, unless you're brand new to it and you're going slow for that reason. But students um, pretty much by fourth, fifth and up, they can go pretty quickly on introducing um, role modeling because they've been in school for a while and they understand the, you know, the order of classrooms a little better than a kindergartner or a first grader who's just mm -hmm. getting started. So your introduction of any of these tools can be um, done a lot faster. The other thing that's going to be different, especially for middle school, is you're changing. You have different sections. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to be breaking up your introduction of any of these tools um, by what you're, you're teaching and what your time allows. So that's going to be based on that. Um, we have some great role models um, for middle school teaching. Um, the videos are on there. Um, join the 6th through 12th grade Facebook group, and you're going to start seeing information there right now. Currently, is being added. Um, Sarah Metter and Andre have, Destital have done a great job of keeping that current. So um, look for that. So yes, it's going to look different at every grade level. The younger your students, um, the slower you're going to be introducing it. Um, and don't be surprised by that. I don't think you are because a second grader can walk in and um, know they're seven or eight, but they sometimes act like they're four or five initially. <laughs> so it takes some practice and some time and, and giving them, um, like I said, lots of rehearsal time. So again, it's going to depend on what grade you teach. I think it also depends on, you know, we've heard from a lot of teachers that they may be the only whole brain teacher in their school. So, you know, like if I have students come in and they at least know the, you know, the rules and um, class yes and all that, then I'm kind of at an advantage when they come to my second grade classroom. But if you're the only one and this is brand new, these kids have never been in a whole brain teaching classroom before, then it may take you may have to slow it down quite a bit. You might. One thing that um, I found, because you, you don't have everyone on the same page in any school, whether you're using That's whole teaching or not, that kids are pretty adaptable. So if they walk into your room and these are your expectations, um, they pretty much figure um, your style out pretty quickly and can adapt to that. But it does take practice and it does take consistency. And um, that's where we talked about keeping the bar high. Don't flip-flop on what you'll accept. Mm -hmm. Try to stay as true as you can to it. Of course, there are going to be days that are harder. And um, But when students have to uh, try to keep out guessing, well, what, what does the teacher expect today? That's not fair to that student either. And it doesn't help your, your classroom management at all. Absolutely. Great point. I'm glad you said that. Mm -hmm. Um, this kind of sort of piggybacks on what Rhonda was talking about with those special teachers. But I know for our district, we our first two days of school are half days. And so, again, you know, what kind of accommodations would we make if we only had like a half day of school for the first 
two days. So I'm not going to go all the way to three o'clock. I'm only going to go to like 1230 on those days. Sure. Sure. So again, you're going to take this schedule that you're, you're thinking of interjection wise, what's your pattern going to be? And you're going to break it down. So if you're only there for two hours and maybe that two hours turned into 15 minutes because you didn't see everything that was coming, then do what you can. And then the next day, rehearse that and do something new. And that's the great part about that. If you think, oh, we still need to practice, you're going to be practicing this. In fact, there are many things that you will practice all year long, including the rules, um, because that it can get a little um, sloppy at times. But if you have minimal time, you do what you can. The next day, you're going to rehearse what you did the day before and add a new piece, um, depending on your comfort level and what you're ready to do. Um, but yes, it's it's kind of like when you fill out your plans for the week and then you get to day two and you go, whoa, look how much I didn't get done on day one. I thought I was going to be done. <laughs> As teachers, we over plan for good reason, right. for good reason. But um, it's better to over plan than under plan. But you make adjustments to just move it to the next day or you move it to the afternoon if it wasn't um, doable in the morning. So it's it's going to be dependent on flexibility because um, you never know when they call an assembly or um, somebody you know there's an, there's a situation that you have to deal with. So be flexible, um, be kind to yourself, and, and know that you'll get to it. it. Just may not be at that timestamp that you thought you had in your plan book. That's great advice. Can you talk to us a little bit about? what your district was like on your first day of school. Cause I remember you telling us the stories of, about your, so how, how did talk a little bit about your district and what you saw the first day and how much you were able to accomplish the first day that might give some people that are in the same situation, some hope, you know? Well, if I had a video of myself on the first day, introducing whole brain teaching, it probably would have looked scary. But the great thing was that um, and this, because it was brand new to our school site too, um, so no one had seen it before, the idea that you're going to make a mistake is less obvious to the observer, <laughs> even though you know that, oh my goodness. But that's where you come back and you redo, you, you know, try it again. So for me, um, getting started um, in, a, in a district that was brand new to you actually offered me a lot of opportunities. And I was really fortunate because one of the, well, not just one of the things, but overall, the ability of whole brain teaching to create high engagement, um, consistent um, learning with the cycle and the critical thinking um, it's very appealing not only to you, but it's appealing to the principal who's walking through. It's appealing to the parents who are concerned with their child's um, ability to learn this year. And when you have a consistent program that um, keeps that engagement high, acknowledges students for individual improvements, and that's that super improver, um, and you're consistent with um, your rules that you're following. You don't have 15 rules. You have five plus a diamond rule, and they're simple. And I have my students teach those rules to their parents. That's our 
That's their first homework is go home and teach the rules to your parents. And there was a great, great response to that. And it was because of the results. It was the results of a child being excited to be at school. We're playing a new game tomorrow. I can't wait to get to school. Um, it was the excitement of a principal to know that um, this group of students um, were seeing less referrals coming out of that classroom because when engagement is high, behaviors go down. Um, so there's great tools to use with our students who are more challenged with their responses to each other or to learning. And um, so it's a, it's a great package to have. And then the parents to finally get phone calls of um, that's where you're building your team. That parent, that home is you're a part of that team. Make that to your team stronger, include that family. Because when you can um, communicate well and they understand the growth that their child is making, not just everything that they've done wrong, always start with the positives, mm -hmm. but start with something that they can use at home. And that's why teaching the rules to the parents on, um, um, I sent home a, a brainy card, a brainy chart, so they can have it at their house. Um, I just made a miniature of it, and that's on our website, on our TPT store. So any way you can connect your parents to it, you're going to have a really good um, groundwork laid for helping each individual child. Um, they are all individuals, as you all know. So um, with all different needs and um, a lot of stress at different times, that is not always expected or planned for. And I think this year will be huge in that area. And I know Coach addressed that in his podcast that our students are coming back into different arenas that they may not have been in for over a year. Mm -hmm. And um, so I hope that everyone listening will use whole brain teaching because there are very simple tools that you can put in place to start effectively engaging your students, creating an environment of respect, and motivating them um, to bring kindness to mm -hmm. one another and to uh, work harder as a team. And I think that is everyone's um, goal as teachers is to have that. Absolutely. No matter what grade you teach. Yes. Wow, this has been a great discussion about how to implement full brain teaching from the very first moment we see students or whenever we can maybe get it started in our classroom. So how can listeners get in touch with you if they have additional questions about how to get started? Well, um, just like you and um, Laura, Rhonda, um, it's Nancy Stolberg at wholebrainteaching.com. And if you go to the front page, the home page of our website, and you go to, um, you scroll down, you're going to find a lot of links to connect with um, those executive board members, with staff members. There's ways to connect with us. And then um, you'll find links to Instagram pages that each of us has. So there's lots of ways to um, connect. But if you want to contact me directly, um, it's my Nancy Stolberg at wholebrainteaching.com. And I remember when I was first starting out, I'd email you a lot. You were such a great help getting me started. So it was great. Um, I loved it. <laughs> well, you I guys, appreciate if you're it. just coming into Whole Brain Teaching, I want to say something um, that may not be on the subject today. But one of them, the most positive, so many positive 
a very positive part of this, whether you are the only teacher at your site using this, or maybe you're a group of teachers that have decided it's a grade level you're going for it, you're going to find very quickly, as we all did, that the whole grade teaching is really a family. It's very, um, very positive. Um, it's very supportive. Um, you will find um, teachers helping other teachers readily without any um, requirement for, well, you know, I charge for this. There is no charge. We're in it to help one another, and that's what teachers do. So we're not only just helping the students, um, the whole brain teaching family helps one another, and um, anyone that joins our groups or becomes part of this will quickly realize that. But I've got to say, if you haven't um, joined us yet, you've got to, because you're going to meet teachers from around the world with amazing ideas and creativity and um, great resources. So um, that's why I love our Facebook groups. Yep. And we need your creativity too, you know? So yes, come join us. Just like Nancy said, we absolutely um, need you to share your creativity with us. And so like Nancy has said, please check out our Facebook um, pages. They go from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. Plus we have like a super improver page and a virtual page if you're teaching virtually this year. We also have Instagram um, and they, they, that's where you're going to find the latest on whole brain teaching. So as school is starting, those are great places to ask questions and see how other teachers are implementing whole brain teaching. But I think one thing that we've tried to say periodically throughout this podcast is remember to take baby steps. There's, there's no, I mean, the quick the quick step guide is a wonderful guide. This podcast has been chock full of information, but you need to take it um, what, at whatever pace you need to take it at. There's no right or wrong way um, and get help where you need to when, when it comes to implementing some of these things. So we're so grateful that you joined us again today, Nancy. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your friendship and we could go on and on. Both Ron and I could go on and on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We could. So. Oh, thank you so much. It's um, so fun to sit here with you both and just to talk about what we all love. Yes. And hopefully um, encourage others to join in with our fun and um, and see what what great um, adventures that you can bring to your students just using whole brain teaching. So thank you for inviting me. It's been great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and a big thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to like, follow, and share this podcast with all those teachers in your life. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with an exciting new episode. Until then, thanks again for listening.